Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, June 7th. Coming up, it's been almost two months since teenager Ralph Jarl was shot in the Northland when he accidentally arrived at the wrong house. The case sparked national outrage. We'll hear from Jarl's mother and lawyer about their frustrations with how the case is going. But first, some headlines. Missouri has executed its third person this year. Michael Tysis was a 42-year-old convicted of killing two jail guards during a failed escape in 2000 when he was 19. The Kansas City Star reports some jurors in the trial say they changed their minds, and one juror was illiterate. Missouri law requires that jurors be able to read and speak English. Missouri's next execution of Johnny Johnson is scheduled for August 1st. Kansas abortion clinics are challenging several state abortion restrictions, including a controversial abortion pill reversal law taking effect July 1st. Lawmakers overrode Governor Laura Kelly's veto to pass the law. That drew fire from abortion providers who say it forces them to inaccurately tell patients the abortion pill can be reversed. Emily Wales is president of Planned Parenthood Great Plains, one of the plaintiffs. We feel strongly that patients deserve to have honest conversations, safe information about the care they're receiving. So that meant we had to act and we had to act now. The lawsuit also alleges that several long-standing abortion regulations, including a 24-hour waiting period and state-mandated counseling, violate the Kansas Constitution. Experts predict a summer of poor air quality in the metro. KCUR's Sam Zeff reports. The Mid-America Regional Council has already called three ozone alerts so far this year. Last year, says senior environmental planner Doug Norsby, Mark only posted two in 2019 and 2020. It called none. He says most people are back to work and driving again. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous that this first week in June is just kind of the, the opening salvo. Norsby says the hot, dry weather causing droughts in parts of Missouri and Kansas also adds to the ozone problems. In addition, wildfires in the Canadian provinces of Quebec and Nova Scotia are making the air here unhealthy. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Last week, a Clay County judge sealed the case against Andrew Lester from the public, citing concerns for a fair trial and Lester's safety. Lester is accused of shooting teenager Ralph Jarl in April. Jarl's mother, Cleo Nagby, and his lawyer, Lee Merritt, say they're disappointed in how the case is going. They told KCUR's Steve Kraske why they requested a special prosecutor in the case. You know, I think everybody wants to know, how is your son doing? How is his recovery progressing mentally, physically? How's he doing? Physically, he's getting there. Mentally, it's very tough. I'm going to leave it at that. Mentally, it's, it's a long road and was slowly progressing. It's the tough one. 
I'm also wondering how he, and for that matter, how you, Cleo, how have you managed and handled the amount of attention that this case is receiving? I have a lot of support from my immediate family, a lot of support. And I have a lot of support from the community. It is not easy. I will not tell you that it is easy. But that support from the community, my family, my faith family, it has carried us through. It it is carrying us through. So I appreciate that a lot. And we are very faith-centered family. We pray a lot. So that helps. Cleo, in the past, you've said that you believe that Clay County Prosecutor Zachary Thompson was genuine in his efforts to obtain a conviction in this case. Do you still feel that way? I feel that Zach could do good in this case if he puts all his effort in it genuinely, but he has to put all of himself into it. Now, to that point, I want to say something. There have been threats on both sides of wanting to do harm. And I just want to say this. From the very beginning, my family have been advocates of peace. There is no way that violence is going to solve this problem. This problem started with violence in the first place. Violence and ignorance. Ignorance of what other people are and what other people are about. This case needs to be solved in the court of law in the right and fair way. Trying to threaten someone and trying to harm someone is not going to solve the problem anyway. So going to Mr. Zachary's family or whoever and giving threats or coming to my family and giving threats It's not going to solve this problem anyway. So I believe whoever is out there doing that, that should stop. Mm -hmm. So you've said, uh, Cleo, that the Clay County prosecutor, Zachary Thompson, has to put himself all in here to pursue this case. But you've also requested a special prosecutor. Tell me what your thinking is there and if that's still a possibility or not. If I can clarify, I will, I will let Lee answer that. Yeah, go ahead, Lee. Yeah. Concerning the request for a special prosecutor, when we first got involved in this case and we saw that it required the family to take to the national airwaves to demand an initial arrest, it was at that moment, before we ever met Mr. Thompson, that we asked for a special prosecutor. I have worked with another prosecutor there who has handled a high profile case like this. Uh, of a young man named Cameron Lamb, and in short, Gene Baker of, of the of the adjacent county was asked to step in. Uh, to Mr. Thompson's credit, he met with Gene Baker, uh, but he he asserted that he believed that he could handle this case, and he would accept her advice or any other prosecutor's advice from the region uh, that, that that had some insight that would help him obtain a successful prosecution. At that point, we began working more directly with Mr. Thompson. Uh, however, the family has become disappointed and somewhat disillusioned by uh, his failure to make certain claims on their behalf in court. For example, uh, more vigorously uh, opposing the seal that was entered into last week uh, and more uh, vigorously fighting for a speedy trial in this case 
uh, knowing that we're dealing with a defendant who may potentially suffer with some medical ailments that will delay the trial. Lee Merritt, tell me a little more about that. You're referring to the decision last week by the judge to seal records in this case. What was the judge's rationale and what did you think about that? The, the idea of the records being sealed in this case or the, the request for the records to be sealed in this case came from the defendant, Andrew Lester, who has said that he has received harassment in his home, which you heard Ms. Nagby referring to just a moment ago. Uh, and that the, the case has received too much national attention in order for Mr. Lester to receive a fair trial. Uh, we do not find it odd that a court would re- review a consideration for a sealed record in a high-profile case like this, but the general concern is for contaminating the jury, that too much evidence will go into the public sphere and the jury will get access to it prior to the trial. This, uh, there are other considerations to be made considering the limitation of Mr. Yarl, how a seal will affect, impact the family, and arguments that we believe that Mr. Thompson should have brought before the court and he did not. Hmm. Lee, what does it mean to seal the records? It means what exactly? Well, each seal will be limited to the motion, uh, the specific motion that's uh, before the court. Here, in this case, the evidence that is coming before the court, be it physical evidence, video evidence, or testimonial evidence has been sealed from public review. Normally, either media sources or private individuals can file for an Open Information Act request and gain access to the evidence being entered in the court. And that's just American jurisprudence. We expect evidence to be available to the public and for things to be tried openly. That's why we have open and public trials. But in certain circumstances, in order to benefit parties, the court can redact or reduce uh, evidence available to the public. And, and that's what the court has chosen to do here. I was going to say that's what's occurred here. So the public's access to the records you're talking about is going to be severely curtailed here, if I understand right. That's correct. Yeah. And also, Lee, the prosecutor, uh, Thompson, has said he specifically did not present a hate crime charge due to it not carrying a heavier sentence uh, connected to it. Was that the right call? The prosecutor is going to make some um, decisions in terms of strategy that he believes is best in order to obtain a prosecution, a successful prosecution. And and I have to uh, defer to his wisdom, particularly in his region. Uh, However, we have seen a similar concern from a prosecutor in other cases. And when there is not a strong enough state statute, we expect federal review. And so we're certainly hoping that the Department of Justice is looking at hate crime charges as well. That was my next question. You previously said that you requested the Justice Department to take a look at this case as a potential hate crime. Do you have any updates on where that stands? We've heard from the Justice Department who acknowledged the receipt of her request and let us know that they will be following the judicial process closely, which is normally what they do, that they're going to wait for the evidence to come in uh, so that they can review it as well, which actually sort of highlights how SEAL can really interfere with justice for the family because, unfortunately, the federal government will be looking for public documents just like the rest of us that now have been sealed by this court. Overall, Lee, do you feel this case is being handled differently due to the racial dynamic between Ralph Yarrell and uh, Mr. Lester? I don't feel the case is being handled differently because of the racial dynamic uh, between Ralph Yarrell and Mr. Lester. Uh, I, I do think that the judicial system in general handles uh, black victims differently when the defendant is white. 
And so that is built into our criminal justice system. We've seen it play itself out over and over again. And studies have shown uh, on, on a consistent basis that uh, our criminal justice system has a more difficult time meeting out justice to black victims. You know, Lee, we've also talked here this morning about the fact that this case has been postponed until August 31st. Uh, what was the judge's thinking uh, on that front? And what do you think about that decision? There was a request made by the defendant to push the case out for 90 days in consideration of new evidence. Mr. Thompson spoke about that new evidence with the family before the hearing. And the, the new evidence uh, was simply the second statement that Ralph was now providing to law enforcement officers. Uh, he gave his initial statement uh, the, the following day of the, sh- the day after the shooting. And because that that testimony hasn't changed significantly and it's not actually it will not actually represent, you know, 90 days worth of new material that we need to investigate. I thought that was a mistake and I thought that should have been vigorous, more vigorously opposed by the by the state. Do you plan to take any additional legal action in the future against either Mr. Lester or the police? Absolutely. The family is looking into private civil claims that can be pursued against Mr. Lester. Obviously, the priority is going to be the criminal uh, prosecution of Mr. Lester and anyone else involved. However, as as that evidence continues to come in, we, we are considering uh, taking action on behalf of the family. We have identified a number of claims, including hate action, hate, hate crime um, that can be pursued at the federal level against Mr. Lester. And as we pre- prepare that litigation, we know that uh, it's sort of fruitless to file it at this moment until the criminal uh, prosecution has been complete. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Ralph Yarl's mother, Cleo Nagby, and Yarl's attorney, Lee Merritt. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at KCUR.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.